Midnight Mass Creature Cast. I am Crypt Keeper James, and I am joined by the epic Mr. Bobby Blades. Mr. Blades, how are we this evening? Hey, I'm awake, and <laughs> well, I'm usually awake, but I kind of around this time I'm a little bit dragon ass. Yeah, yeah. This is usually my settling in time, and then I find it's all of a sudden 1 a.m. and I'm like, whoa. All right. Well, I guess we're doing that. Staying up all night. Um, even though I take sleeping pills, still don't sleep. Don't they understand don't it. For you. Hmm? They don't do anything for you? No, they do. When I sleep, I sleep. Like, I stay asleep until the alarm goes off. So that's that's the good news. Um, but they give me wicked, crazy dreams. Like, madness. Like, I live other lives in my dreams. It's weird. So... Wow, you're on, what are you on Ambien or something? Yeah, yeah, one of those. I know, or Lunesta, one of those. So uh, I tried Lunesta, and that uh, I woke up the next morning. It didn't help me sleep for one thing, and then I woke up the next morning, and I had the most awful taste in my mouth. Really? Yeah. Nice. I I tried. I think I'm on Lunesta now, and I was on Ambien, but the thing was, is I was sleepwalking but not sleepwalking like I was awake and doing stuff and I actually went up and cooked a fried egg sandwich and didn't remember doing it until the next day when I saw the pan in the sink and then the memory came back and that's when I told my doctor I think I need to switch this man <laughs> that's not uncommon because our uh, our boy Jay from Conspiracy Cafe you know he he's got ambient stories I don't know if he still has them but he's He's told some whoppers there. Yeah, it's crazy. So, mm, 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 mm. Um, so we are getting into this pretty good. We've reached a point where we, were, uh, we must do a double feature. And I don't know about you, Bobby, but when I think of double features, the first thing that comes to mind is Trolls and Trolls t- Troll 2. <laughs> Wait, you're confusing it because when you said Trolls, yeah. I was thinking of that little uh, goofy cartoon. God, no. No, I refuse. Refuse. Never that. Troll and troll too is what I mean. No S. No S. So, um, yeah, no. God, I would rather watch paint dry than watch that madness. <laughs> so, um, both of these movies are quite classics in their own right, I guess you'd say. <laughs> American classics. Yeah, I... I think they both have something to offer. I know they did for my childhood. Um, yeah. So both brought fear at, at certain times and certain ways of certain points, but I can't say, uh, I can't say the same for now, but <laughs> so, so we will do as normal. We'll kick off, uh, with troll. Uh, since that is the first movie, I guess that's where you start and we'll hit the trailer here. Once upon a time when the world was filled with wonder, little creatures shared the earth with humans, and magic was a way of life. Once upon a time is now. Empire Pictures presents Troll. The weirdest, the rowdiest, the most mischievous, and the scariest little creature of them all. George. 
what he's doing is going from apartment to apartment and transforming sections of this building into different fairy worlds. Who the hell are you? The transformation is going to begin on the Witch's Sabbath, the very same day that the Potters move into their new apartment. I've never seen so many guys take so long to move so little furniture. It's all your records, honey. You've got to get rid of some of these records. Sometimes I wonder what I'm gonna do. No, there ain't no kill for the summertime blues. What the Potters don't know is that they've just moved into the building that is the enchanted gateway to the ancient world of trolls. Shut that damn door! Oh. Wendy! Didn't you hear Mommy calling you, honey? No, Mommy. It's dead. Harry Jr. is about to be drawn into a world beyond his wildest fantasy, and he'll need a little magic of his own to get out of it alive. Jr. expected to have a little trouble getting adjusted in his new neighborhood. But he never expected anything like this. Troll, where myths and legends come to life. With a trailer like that, you just know it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, all right. Those 80s trailers. Right yeah, I, the same guy voicing them and that creepy music and the, the flashing and all that kind of stuff. Just like, oh, ah, ah. So, <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to start off with the character's name. It's literally Harry Potter. Which yes. made me laugh since it's about magic and witches and trolls. I was like, oh, hey, that's that's an interesting little, you know, tidbit. Um, I don't think they have anything to do with each other for the most part, but just really interesting. When I saw that again, I was like, oh, wow, that's a that's that's cool. So, yeah, because I didn't notice anything. The first time seeing the movie, well, again, it was like 1986. Right. So, of course, I didn't read any of the Harry Potter books or anything. Never, still haven't, but Same. I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I made that connection upon seeing it again. I was like, Harry Potter, what are the odds? <laughs> right. Right. It was just interesting that that would be the name. And I was like, ah, so cool. Um. This is going to get a little a little weird. Uh, the kid that plays Harry is also a Treyu in the Neverending Story. Uh, which, if you've ever listened to my other podcast, you know about my unhealthy relationship with that character. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you haven't. That's fine. Um, I thought that a Treyu originally was a girl. And I also thought that Atreyu was Alyssa Milano, 
when at that young age that I saw the Neverending Story. Wow. So Boy. I had a thing for a tray. <laughs> <laughs> and, and talked about having a thing for a Treyu and everybody being like, oh, because I thought it was a girl. <laughs> it wasn't. It was not Alyssa Milano. It is obviously this kid. And yeah, so that that's interesting. Um, I did not know that this that they were the same kids until I watched this again recently. And then I was like, you got to be kidding me. So... Yeah, maybe that's why I also really like this movie. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> either way. You were, apparently, I, you were struggling with your sexuality at a very young age. Apparently, and I didn't even know. I didn't I mean, is it still the same thing? If, you know, I, I thought it was somebody else. I just had a case of mistaken identity. I mean. That's hmm. the story you tell yourself. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I had not heard that episode. Oh, um, I st I did stay for the uh, horror movie episodes, of course. Yeah, and then I dropped off of listening to like a whole bunch of podcasts. I just stopped listening. Same, I'm right there with you. I I yeah. really did, um, which is sad because I really was listening to a whole bunch, and now I'm so far behind. I uh, there's no way I can catch yeah. back up. Um, the girl that played Wendy also played in the show V. And there's not much else about her, but I think that her casting had to do with having a resemblance to Carol Ann from Poltergeist. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, her name literally was Wendy Ann in the movie, and she had blonde hair and a little round face and everything. And I was like, you do really look a lot like that. So that's my two bits on the situation. Um, I think they were trying to cash in on the tropes of many movies and also when i think of troll now upon seeing it again as an adult mm -hmm. i'm kind of like boy this doesn't have horror movie vibes at all if anything <laughs> it's more like the harry potter films like the injection of fantasy and the troll wants to get rid of humanity because you know he doesn't like humans he wants the magical creatures back roaming the earth i was like this doesn't really seem like a scary movie aside from a few scenes where you know you got the body horror going on right right no you're 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 absolutely you know spot on um we also get sunny bono and oh, uh we get elaine from steinfeld yes yep we get you know and i don't know if you ever saw airplane 2 the sequel um of course sunny bono's in that and then yeah julia louise dreyfus from Seinfeld, but more importantly, Margot in Christmas Vacation. That's oh yeah. She is the next door neighbor, Margot, and probably one of my favorite characters in one of those movies is played by her. That's just, she makes me laugh very hard in that. So, um, yeah, of course, Torok the troll is played by Phil Fondacaro who plays Malcolm as well. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I knew that. I didn't know that he also played the troll. Yep. That, that's some good makeup work right there. Yeah, I agree, because I did not see it um, at all. I did not know that until, again, watching again and reviewing, and I was like, whoa, that's cool. Um, 
He's also, if you remember in Willow, he was Migosh. So I don't know if you remember that movie at all, but yeah, he was in there. Um, yeah, I do remember Willow, but just barely. Um, <laughs> but they had a lot of little people in that film anyway, though. They did. They did. But yeah, he was Migosh, his buddy that went kind of with him on the path, but then had to turn back and Willow kept going. Um, so, yeah, always like to throw a little bit of info in there. Uh, so let's talk about the movie. So something I always like to look at is the parents as a couple and how believable they are. And I got to tell you, I just don't think this guy would have pulled his wife. I don't, I'm like, mm, you know, maybe you had some game back in the day, but it's long gone. Uh, it's, it's just, I always, that's just something I always look at with couples and stuff like that. Like believability. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying you. I'm not buying it. Um, also vibes of a middle-aged car salesman. Yeah. His wife is like kind of young and nubile and everything. So it's, yeah, the believability factor is a little bit skewed there. Um, what a crappy apartment complex. I would say that I, I guess they recently took a financial hit <laughs> because they're moving in there and it's not a nice place. In my opinion, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the area, but mm. It was. Uh, it seems small and cramped. Yes. Yeah, and for, and everybody else in the building seems to be like a single person, and yet they are this four-person family moving into this little apartment. And I was always just like, oh, you know, that. What happened? Did you, you know stock market plummet on you, or you know what? I don't know. Did Harry Sr. lose his job at the car dealership? Yeah, <laughs> he, sold, he sold one too many lemons, and that was it. They said, you're done. You're done. Um, so pretty much immediately off the jump, Wendy is possessed by Torok. Um, and I do give it to the young girl to give an above-mediocre performance as a troll playing a little girl. I, I do think... Like, being aggressive as hell, you know. But but the parents are all like, oh, she just seems stressed out from the move. <laughs> yeah, right. she- well, you know, the kids were weirded out in the 80s a lot. And they're like, you know, they the parents didn't know anything about mental health. They're just like, oh, maybe he's got AD. No, they didn't have ADHD back then. It was... They have. It was on the cusp. I remember when my nephew, who was born in 88, and that, like, and then that would have been into the 90s when they finally started giving him, like, they, like, diagnosed him as, like, ADHD and and gave him a whole bunch of meds and stuff like that. And I remember this other kid that I, like, babysat. His name was Steven. They had him on, like, crazy drugs that, like, strung him up to make him, like, overexcited. So that he would come way down and he would be like all over the place and then like depressed. So that seems 90s-ish. I don't think that they were really diagnosing kids at at this point. So no, so I guess the parents just kind of went along with it back then and said, oh, they'll be fine. They're right. just going through a phase. She's just stressed out. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
<laughs> so, um, I do like how the troll and all the monsters seem to have juiciness to them, like oh, a yeah. moist nature. Yes. <laughs> they all, uh, like, why are you guys so moist? I don't, I don't understand. Um, Speaking of moist, yeah, um, are we going to address the elephant in the room in that close-up of Torok's face where he just has that snot dribbling down out of one of his nostrils? Right! That's, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> like, not only are you a troll, but you're gross. Like, you juicy. <laughs> I mean, you're looking at you're looking at this troll, and he looks like some kind of '70s sleazy nightclub owner. Got the hairy chest and the uh, medallion, you know, hanging around his neck. Right, <laughs> right, right. He's like a '70 like the man now starts playing <laughs> crazy ass troll. Yeah, on Three's Company, maybe. Yes, exactly. The um, oh, I almost said Mister Limpet. Um, what, what was Don Knotts character on there? That it's explained with the ascot and all that kind of stuff. I don't remember. Early. I think it was. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So if you're listening and you know it, please correct me. Yeah. Hi. I, I remember watching, but I don't remember what their names were. Um, for the most part, the movie doesn't play around. Wendy goes from apartment to apartment, transforming tenants into fairy tale creatures and turning the apartments into the fairy tale realm, I guess, is what was going on. Because it was just all foresty. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, he was trying to uh, bring his world back and bring all the other cr magical creatures back into the world and eradicate humanity in the process. Right. Uh, this is alt to that happening. Uh, Harry finding Eunice St. Clair, who turns out to be a witch, who conveniently enough knows Torok and his backstory. Um, it's always convenient when that happens, you know, that the troll wants to take over right where his ex-lover is and everything like that. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, uh, I absolutely 100% wanted one of those mushrooms when I was a kid. I loved that damn little mushroom. That's his turn. Talks to her and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. What? <laughs> I never liked mushrooms. Oh. Um, so I, I was just kind of either way with the mushroom. It had um, just a nice little face. It just sang a little song. and I love that I little mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, speaking of song. That ridiculous mumbo jumbo where it's like herba herba right that literally was my next point. The choreographed song scene that happens to me is epic and it's stuck in my head when I was a kid forever. Like yeah, the no, no, I don't know what that is. But I appreciated that they hired somebody, like somebody put that together. They got all the people to practice saying the words and the Muppets and all of that stuff. And everybody sang together and they got paid for that. So, you know, good job by them. <laughs> uh, don't crap on my movie. <laughs> oh, 
no, I'm not. I, I still, it's uh, the original troll is one of my favorites. Um, it's just as we come to see as we're you know revisiting all these films in yeah. our adult years. Whew, um, it's just it doesn't it doesn't affect us in the same way, and we kind of we're not enjoying it for what it is. We're kind of, we're, we're more analytical and picking it apart a lot more. Yeah. And I, and just yeah. the point of some of the stuff going on, like what is the point of that in the middle of the movie <laughs> that everything's singing? I don't quite get it. I think they were trying to give it that fantasy film, um, aura because like, you know, as you were t- talking about, the kid is a Treyu, or was a Treyu when he was younger, and now he's a little bit older, maybe a couple of years, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, oh, we got this guy from the never-ending story. Let's try and create our own little fairy fantasy world, uh, you know, in that lives inside of an apartment building. Right. Um, and so what better way to do that than inject some kind of disnified musical number where it's like you've got all these uh creatures that look like they were left over from ghoulies <laughs> oh, straight <laughs> up straight up i even think there was one that was from ghoulies in there i'm like wait a minute i think the lizard guy yes um, the one that looks like um the universal monster there yep i know which one the you're talking about Black Lagoon. yeah um i think that was a leftover puppet from the ghoulies god the ghoulies 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 and ghoulies too a double feature on that we'll have to we'll have to ghoulies too is just mm. i mean i'm pretty sure i even as a kid saw the string on the flying ghoulie in ghoulie (laughs) 2 where i'm like wait a minute that's come on guys you gotta do better you gotta do better um i do enjoy the backstory that Eunice gave it was pretty good uh, I did like that Torak got a bit of revenge on her by turning her into a tree stump <laughs> so, so hey, that was good yeah good good on him good on him um Harry getting the spear to destroy the monsters seemed a bit lackluster in plot since he ends up losing it right and uh, the funny thing is I mean, since we're gonna we're gonna pop to that, yeah. Like, Torok destroys his own chance because he's trying to save the girl, right? Which and was weird. I find that funny. It's just like you can find another fairy princess somewhere, dude. Um, or maybe not if he, you know, eradicates humanity and all. But I didn't think the girl was all that important. No. No, I didn't either. And, you know, he finds his sister in the glass coffin, which was good enough. Um, I did like that the bat monster attacked. That was that was good. Uh, that was a cool looking monster, too. Yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, like you said, plot twist, Torok kills the monster himself, which somehow destroys the fairy realm, 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 realm that he had built. So... No, not the girl. And, and it's just, I. You went through all this, 
Now you're going to destroy it because of this girl. But you don't like humans. I didn't quite see how she, is she played into it. Like, was he planning on raising her to be his new girlfriend? I... Mm, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? That is the... That's the story that they should have told in Troll 2. Yes. Yeah. You know what? They could have done like, um, oh, God, what was that movie? Um, Waxwork. Remember in Waxwork and then Waxwork 2 was um, through time or something to, through time or whatever, where they kind of gave a backstory to the whole evil and good and how the waxworks is always going on and stuff like that. Like, it was a decent backstory. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched those. I did, but, like, so long ago, I'd have to watch them. Yeah. Again. Not necessarily good. I don't want to say anything like that. But it was a good backstory. And I appreciated it for being a part two that expanded the story but also gave a reason why. Like, that was cool. That also, that's what Troll 2 could have been, and it was not. But mm -hmm. we, we and See, they left the door wide open for that, though, when, you know, at the end of the film, when the cop gets pulled into the laundry room, and it turns out to be the fairy realm. So it's, uh, I don't know, that's a head-scratcher right there. Right, right. The family does escape. Eunice is back to normal, which is typical for these type of 80s movies, where people turn back to, to regular um, however, it does have another bit of a typical kind of plot twist where the, the endings of these movies were kind of like this. Like 80s movies always kind of like left you kind of feeling uneasy. Mm. And um, you see Torok's arm raised, you know, using his ring on the cop, like you said. So I, I dig that about 80s. It didn't necessarily always leave you with the warm and fuzzy. Kind of like right. we talked about in Invaders from Mars. You know, you think all this good at the end, but oh, lo and behold, he wakes up and it seems to all be starting over again. Or he's a psychotic child, one or the other. I don't know. <laughs> so. And that's uh, that's one of the things that I enjoy, but also one of the things that really gets my goat. Because hmm. at the end of a lot of these movies, you're expecting some kind of resolution. And these films do not provide that resolution. You know what? That's that is true. It is also a little frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like you either want the bad guy to win or lose, but right. <laughs> they just don't provide either one. Of like, hey, here's a middle finger. So ambiguity, ambiguity. Cool, cool. We're just <laughs> we didn't win, we didn't lose. We're just there. It's like thriller. You know, the Andy turns around these and Vincent Price starts laughing because his eyes are all yellow. So it's like, wait a minute, are you good? Are you bad? What's up? You know. Um. I'm Michael Jackson. Bitch. I'm Michael Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a pretty basic movie and premise that absolutely killed it at the box office. It had a million dollar budget and it made over five million. So that's pretty good for the 80s and something like this. Because I don't think this was, I mean, a million dollar budget. Yeah, that's high. But come on. I mean, five mil in the 80s. Yeah. Um, you also knew with a budget like that, killing it, that there would be another one. You just knew at some point in time there would be another one. I would have suspected it to be sooner and better, um, mm -hmm. but it wasn't. 
Raider. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, so uh, I do like that you had uh, Julia, Julia Louise Dreyfus like dance around as a as a fairy. Um, I liked how he transformed everything. I I get it, but it also lost me to sit there and have him put all that work in just to destroy it because of this girl. I didn't. Yeah. Um, they should have made that a little bit more like in Eunice's story. Like she should have been like in order for him to be human or something like that. He has to have a, a, a fairy princess. He has to have, you know what I'm saying? Something that makes it so that that's why he protected her. Like he did, you know, he was willing to destroy everything. So that's one part of the story that they kind of left in the, in the gray zone, I would say. Yeah. Or like, Oh, we don't know what to do with this. Oh, it'll be all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Right. And they could have done a lot better with the whole spear thing. Like, that was like a real big, here, you got a spear and you can keep blah, blah, blah. And then just, just drops it. And then it's just, oh. Destiny. Right. You can wield it. No. No, you can't. You're just going to lose it. So. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, from my side... That's really all I had for Troll 1, I guess you'll say. Uh, 1986 Troll. What did you think? Like when he first, when he turned the first person, I think, I believe it was Sonny Bono. Uh-huh. Turned him. And at one point it, it was looking very cool and scary. And then like the next shot, it looked like Sonny Bono was a giant green turd. <laughs> and I just started laughing. <laughs> It's like he looks like shit in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Very true. Um, I also kind of felt the whole turning, you know, the little person into a troll, and then he's like a little troll, but he kind of still looked like himself. Yeah. So he was like waking up as he's like, oh, hello, little friend. And he's like, oh, I mean, do you think you helped him? I don't, I don't know that he, Malcolm, you know, was really in a bad spot. He wasn't like hating life. Yeah, but I think the fact that what bothered uh, Torak was knowing that Malcolm didn't have too much longer to live. And so as an elf, like when him being reborn as an elf, maybe mm. he would live forever or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is that. thinking that he gave him a gift, maybe. The, um, the fact that this little girl just randomly wanders around an apartment complex and everybody's just chill with it is also a little unnerving. <laughs> creep vibes, creep vibes. Who the hell lets a child into their apartment and just kind of hangs out with them? Yeah, you're going to catch a charge. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a little different, but it was the 80s. It was a creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say this story I told recently. Um, there was one Thanksgiving that I was out riding my bikes with my friends while I was waiting for Thanksgiving dinner at home to get finished. And a woman who had been drinking because I remember smelling it on her was backing out of her driveway and hit me while I was on my bike. Um, my friends left. Her response was to get out, make sure I was okay, bring me in her house and feed me. Uh, she gave me th Thanksgiving dinner. Um, 
and then made sure I was all right. And then I left and went home and told my parents. <laughs> and they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, I've already eaten because some lady hit me with her car <laughs> and, and fed me. And they're like, you just went in there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she had food. She had pie. What am I going to do? Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. And I I mean, I went in willingly. I She was like, you want some food? I'm like, yes. I am a heavy child. I will come in. <laughs> you had me at pie. So, so yeah. So there's a, a little tidbit about the life of James. You know, that's, uh, so that's the reason why you are the way you are today. That's one of the dude. You know what? That is scratching the surface of the weird stuff that happened to me as a child and, and stuff like that. That's just, I don't know. I guess in the eighties, you just took random children into your house. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, like the eighties and the nineties, I'd say, because my bet, one of my best friends at the time, um, his mom was kind of the mom to the neighborhood. Okay. And all the kids would go over to the house. We would sleep there. We would eat food there. I mean, she just cooked for us and everything. So yeah, that, that was kind of something you did. Yeah, but she kind of knew who she was. I had no clue. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's true. We, we didn't mess around with strangers. You know? right. so all those after-school specials got to us. Yeah, I, mm, yeah, they're hoaxes. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, you, uh, you want to do some trivia on this one? Or... You ready for oh, that? Yeah, yeah ready? let's do it. We, we got a couple juicy uh, trivia tidbits. Yeah. Go ahead and hit it. I'll let you go first on that one. Okay. So, interestingly enough, I'm going to pick the first one because it talks about something we talked about right at the beginning. The hero of this film is a boy named Harry Potter Jr., surrounded by a fantasy world of witches, wizards, and magic, 11 years before J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter novels swept the publishing world. So this actually came out before all this. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, the Harry Potter series, I guess, I think initially is set, the time frame is in the 80s. So, yeah. Yeah, the books are in the 80s. Um, weird. Yeah, but how could the writers have known um, anything of Harry Potter when it was 11 years before the Harry Potter novels came out? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's... Uh, it, it's, it's liked. I'm just saying it's just funny to me that this is in the 80s and then the books are set in the 80s. Okay, yeah, I misunderstood that. Yeah, sorry. My bad. My bad. Um, uh, so since we did talk about uh, the puppets, the, the Radspit puppet from the Dungeon Master is recycled in this. So there you go with that. Uh, recycling puppets. Which puppet is that? Ratspit? Rats yeah, I, I don't remember. I, Did it I, look like a rat? Uh, I kind of think so. Ratspit, the name of the movie is The Dungeon Master? I don't even remember that movie. No, uh, I don't either. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll take a look. Oh, and it just shows me people. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see that. It, it's kind of... Nah, he's kind of like a gargoyle looking one. But, yeah, the face is... Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Oh, of course. Ghoulies 2 pops up. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're listening to you. They know what we're going to be talking oh, about. Always, always, always. So... All right. You got another one? I do. In John Carl Buchler, Buchler uh, I don't know. I might be butchering the name. Sorry. In his original story, Torok was a monster who was systematically killing off the inhabitants of the building slasher movie style. The producer wanted to create a PG-13 movie, so the story was altered and the fantasy element was created. So this was going to be a supernatural slasher film initially. I I can't say that I would have minded that. <laughs> I, I think that would have been pretty badass, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I would have I would have watched that too. They could have completely made that movie and made it part two, you know, where he just gets pissed and he's killing everybody. <laughs> no, we don't we don't get that. Um <laughs> we get what we got. Um so real life mother and daughter, June Lockhart and Ann Lockhart played the same character, which is pretty cool. That's the uh Saint Claude the the witch. So okay. when she was playing, you know, when they showed her young and everything like that, that's her daughter, which I think that's pretty cool. Oh, sweet. That would be fun. Oh, this is interesting. Although she remained covered in the film for her transformation into the fairy, an on-set photo of Julia Louis-Dreyfus was published in the March 1986 issue of Cinefantastique magazine in which her bare breasts were visible. I am going to look that up right after the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's epic. I love that. I love when stuff like that. You know, you, your past, never, it never disappears. It's always there. Um, yep. um, uh-uh. The filmmakers felt like uh, f- filing a lawsuit for J.K. Rowling, believing that she copied off their film. Rowling called it ridiculous and that she was never even aware of this film. Uh, it appears to be roughly a coincidence. Rowling herself has stated in interviews that she herself put the name Harry, a.k.a. Uh, a name she liked, and Potter, the last name of her older friend, together. So, there you go. So, I mean, I guess she would have been writing the first one around after this came out. I don't know, man. Who knows? Maybe she was working on the books, but they hadn't yet been published, or like the first novel, and it just didn't get published until after this film came out, and then it was like a happy accident. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's such happened? great... I'm just reading some of the other things. It's just good stuff. Good stuff. Good. Good. Oh. Well, this one's quick. The movie was shot in five weeks, so it had a million dollar budget, and it only took five weeks to finish it up. That's about two hundred thousand a week. So <laughs> good on them. Um, oh man! So, Cantos Profane, otherwise known as the Troll Song, 
was recorded prior to shooting and set the tone for the rest of Richard Band's musical score. The characters were supposed to perform it as a full-blown production number, but due to limitations in the low-budget puppets, they had to grunt along to the music. <laughs> I don't... I don't... I don't know if I could have, bro, if in the middle of the story, all of a sudden these puppets start putting on a huge ass musical number, I'm out. I'm putting my popcorn down and I'm leaving. The grunting was enough. (laughs) Getting shades of Labyrinth here. (laughs) Right. And uh, David Bowie dancing and. Yeah, okay. No, no, totally different movie. Once again, I also appreciate that this was done before the film. It was literally set the tone. Like somebody saying, you know what? We're doing this. We're doing this. And they're all going to say, it's going to be a huge number in the middle of the movie. We're doing this. And they were like, yeah, let's go. Let's go for it. So. <laughs> oh, now, man. What, what did that take up? Like three minutes? It, yeah. Yes, it was almost as long as the fight, the alley fight in They Live. Yes, it was. was. That could have been its own music video on MTV. I would have watched it because I'm disturbed. But (laughs) Mm. And then when Eunice blows the horn and they all kind of scamper back into their holes. (laughs) Scamper. Oh, God. Uh, uh, No, no, no. Anyway, uh, you got any other ones? Sorry, I forgot the unmute button. Oh, nice. But no, I don't have anything else because all the other stuff that I'm looking at, we have already discussed. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I am good for that. It looks like we are heading into enemy territory here. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> you better stay on the same page with me. So now we move to Troll Two. Now, run that, run that trailer. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. It's almost time. That beautiful bean footage is coming. Usually, in a sequel, you get answers or new information or even character development that might make you see the bad guy in a different light. With Troll 2, you get none of this. (laughs) Um, In this sequel, you not only see none of the original characters, you also never see a troll. (laughs) Making the title Troll 2 a bit misleading. To say the least, false advertising. (laughs) Funny enough, the movie was produced under the title Goblins, which, in my opinion, makes a hell of a lot more sense. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they could have even called it Troll 2 Goblins, and it would have been a better choice. Um, but alas, they did not make that choice. Um, yeah. And that was a very bad move. Yeah. So, So here, without further ado... Is the Troll 2 trailer?
late. I'm sorry we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are ours. Have a nice stay at Mill Pond. You and our city. Still telling the same story, Josh? Powers of evil are very strong here. I must leave. but on a completely different level. Uh, it, You know what? It absolutely shows all the best part of the movies, and they're not good. They're not good. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that always struck me with this movie is how 90s horror it really is. Um, it's like people wanted to try and capture 80s horror movie magic, so budgets weren't hiked up, but apparently script writers and actors were charging more. So I guess you kind of got what you paid for. Mm -hmm. uh, and it shows. Yeah. Uh, P.S. Neither of those things are very good in this movie. <laughs> oh, goodness. The acting. <laughs> I would put the acting on par with like 1980s uh, porno movies. Mm. It was just awful. It was atrocious. Even the child could not act. And the mother and the father, and <laughs> the, the daughter, oh, never mind. And, and the whole, nobody could act, man. It was just yeah, total cheese. Yeah. And, and there's probably a good reason for that, which we'll discuss. Um, now, you may say, that's okay, James. Because since they didn't spend the money on the script or the actors or anything else, they must have spent it on the special effects, right? No. No, they did not. <laughs> they absolutely did not spend it on the special effects. Um, I'm pretty sure they had the same exact mask 
and little outfit for ten little people. I would say because one that looks like it's uh, it's carved out of wood. It's like one of those wooden tiki masks or something. Yeah, and it's got the angry. I know which one you're talking about, and yeah. it's. I mean, they obviously never blink. Um, so there's that. Um, their face is just always the same, angry. Uh, P.S. This movie had a hundred thousand dollar budget, so I would assume it made money, but I could not find what it grossed anywhere. I cannot find that. So it's hidden like the dislike button on YouTube. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Poor Troll 2. It never had a chance. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we never actually get to find out what this movie, like what kind of story this movie is trying to say. <laughs> because it changes during the course of the film. Very true. And at one point, you're like, we hate humans because humans eat meat and they they got cholesterol and they're farting all the time and they're shitting everywhere. <laughs> um, and so they want everybody to go vegan. Maybe, I don't know that that was kind of the message I was getting at one point. Kind of. And honestly, but, I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, there are two things to consider for this movie being as it is. One, the crew making the film was apparently Italian-speaking, and the cast was English-speaking. So there was an obvious language barrier that existed. So there's that. Um, two, apparently the film was always intended to be a comic film. So, you know, take it for what it is. Uh, that's what, the I guess, the director or producer said. So, so is that Italian comedy? Is that what... Uh... Is that the kind of comedy they have in Italy? <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Um, I've been there. I didn't watch any films while I was there. Uh, there were several older ladies that kind of looked like the Goblin Kids. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to do? I I don't know. That's I've seen foreign movies and been like, I don't, I don't understand where they're going with this. Like, not... I don't mind subtitles. I'll watch that. That's not a problem. But um, what's going on here? I, I don't get it. Like I watched a movie called The, the Brotherhood of the Wolves uh, in, in early 2000. A really good movie. And it was subtitled and everything like that. I get that. If this is what they were showing in the 90s in Italy, I, 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 I don't know. Rip, I guess. Um, yeah, students project, huh? Could have been a film students project. I, I don't know, man. Blair Witch did better than this thing, so <laughs> true. Oh man, I do love how instead of this being a town taking over by monsters, it's literally a town full of monsters that humans move into. Uh, you know, because. Mm -hmm. The dad has always wanted to be a farmer, so they do some kind of wife swap maneuver and move to a house in the country for a month. I guess a month is long enough to get you, you know, your fill of that kind of life. And the other family went 
to live in their house? Or did they? No. No, they did. No, they didn't. They never left town. I thought they did. No, because uh, don't you remember that part where they're having the face off at the end of the film? Or sorry, not at the end of the film, but near close to the end where the kid, they're trying to feed the child all that green pudding and shit. Um, Right. And then the family is in that church and the father's like, I thought you guys went to the city. (laughs) And I was like, oh, hey, that's the family from the beginning of the film. Oh, man. Oh, that's going to throw another, oh, that just throws another whole ass wrench in my, well, we'll, we'll discuss that then, man. Oh, well, let's talk about the, one of the mini elephants that's, you know, in the room and talk about the name of the town being Nobog, (laughs) which spoiler alert for all of you, it's goblin spelled backwards. (laughs) I was just going to bring that up if you weren't. He's looking in the rearview mirror and it, oh, goblin. Oh, no. Oh. I would have, <laughs> no bug. Yeah, I can only assume that people were sitting around the giant bong taking rips and coming up with ideas for this movie. And some genius was like, whoa, what if we call the town goblin? But wait a minute. Spell it backwards to throw everyone off. And everyone was like, yeah, man, that's that's genius. Nobody will even see that coming. <laughs> You know what that's like? That's like um, Monster Squad, but instead of doing it in a clever way and the kid figuring out that Lucard backwards was Dracula, we got this. Dude, who sits down? Oh, somebody calling left you a message. How the hell does Dracula know how to use a phone? And (laughs) don't even, I love that movie, but that part was always like, I don't, why would you just start deciphering him? I don't. All right, whatever. I'm just going to go with it. Frankenstein's our friend. But I mean, it's uh, it it, kind of rolls off the tongue a little better than just like the kid looking at a sign through the mirror and be like, oh, goblin. Yeah. 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 Um, We meet Joshua, who is a son in the family and the apparent hero of the story. Uh, He, along with his ghost grandpa, set out to save the day um, by doing whatever they can to prevent the family from eating food there um you know which includes urination pyrotechnics <laughs> so, you know you gotta that was my favorite <laughs> he's like quick you've got 30 seconds to stop them from eating the food and that's what he he wastes Almost like 27 seconds. <laughs> and then for two seconds, he jumps up on the table and hisses. <laughs> and for real, I, I want to take that a little further. And when the dad came in the room after he brought him in the bedroom and he started, I thought he was done doing his belt. I was like, oh man, is he going to piss on the kid? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this will teach you. <laughs> Eye for an eye, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, I gotta tell you, I'm. I've done some things in my life. Never, never was that an option for me. Never, I never thought of. It. Oh man, 
I just couldn't, I couldn't believe. And, and somehow I forgot about that until it was about to start happening. I was like, wait a minute. Oh no. Oh no. Huh? You know, if you got to stop the family from eating the food, I guess you do what you got to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> what else does he have? You know, that's what we've got. So, <laughs> if, if I had the time freeze, I probably would not have pissed on the food. I would have just, <laughs> oh, hey, I've got some time. Let me knock the plates off the table with my hand. You know, but, but that's just me. Throw it on the floor. Do anything but that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't like Let to judge. <laughs> I would have got more than my dad coming in and tightening his belt. Yeah. You know, what the, I can only imagine what the hell is wrong with you? What are you doing? We're not going to stay there. I'm going. So my parents are taking me somewhere. I'm yeah, you're going to boarding school. I'm going or psychiatric or somewhere. The, that's not normal. That's not a normal response <laughs> to food. So, <laughs> um, excuse I'm me. Tighten my, my belt so I don't feel the hunger pains. such a weird response to so yeah um the boyfriend situation to move on seems a little unnecessary at this point um i don't think there had to be a connection between them and the family plot wise but i guess whatever um yeah that didn't make a lot of sense that that was just kind of there for the sake of being there i think yeah, um, they needed more people, so I appreciate that, um, you know, to have problems, but at the same time, all right. Um, the whole Arnold trying to save the girl scene is actually pretty good. Um, I love that he insults them, so they chuck a spear in his chest. <laughs> so, um, you know, naturally, you run... Uh, in these cases, but unfortunately for them, they run right into a creepy church where the Goblin Queen lives because, of it course, was the, it was the girl's idea. She said, hey, that looks like a safe place. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it also contained the Stonehenge magic stone that Credence, the witch, uses to give the goblins power. So, see, this ties directly into the first movie. <laughs> In a not at all kind of way. <laughs> Absolutely. There was a giant goblin stone from Stonehenge, and that, that was where Torok derived his power <laughs> to transform the apartment into nice little corners of his fairy universe. Right. Oh, right. wait, that didn't happen. Right. Right. At all. At all. Um,. The girl dissolving into the green goo in front of Arnold, only to be slurped up by the goblins, was pretty horrifying. Um, But any fear you might have had is quickly erased by Arnold narrating what is happening and screaming, (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) While the camera zooms into his mouth. Like, I move. This makes no logical sense. They're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. And did you notice the fly on his? Yes. He made that? Yes. It was. I just. 
I like how they all just came running out of nowhere, like little rooms, like, and then they just went to town on it. And they're just rubbing it on the mask because, of course, their mouths don't work. So I'm like, oh, hmm. Um, then he gets turned into a tree. He's which is a tree. That is, that's a, you know, that's kind of a callback to uh, the original troll. A little bit, maybe. Because she got turned into a stump? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws here. I, I, I appreciate the effort, sir. I don't think that was the intent. Um, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, the town scene is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they have to go get food because of their, uh, you know, their piss written. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's being piss written, is you know. So Michael and Joshua go to town. Um, <laughs> well, we can't eat any of this. Um, I'm not sure that I would be in the same standing with my family after such behavior, but whatever. <laughs> so. <laughs> I would have to stay home. They would definitely not have me around food. That's for sure. <laughs> you know who doesn't get to choose our food? You, pissy. <laughs> the guy who pissed on it. That's not how we cook. Yeah. <laughs> we don't add that kind of seasoning to our food around here. You want me to help in the kitchen? No. No, I don't. <laughs> you eat alone now. You don't eat here. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. So so the town store is closed. So Michael's father or Michael Michael falls asleep on a bench, as one does. Because that's normal behavior. Uh you know, the store is closed. I'm gonna sleep on this bench. Cool. Wait for it to open. Cool. <laughs> you didn't know that's what you do in a small town. You go to sleep on the bench and wait for the store to open. I I don't know. I've never I I, I've never really been in a small town, I guess. So I don't know the behavior. I don't. I don't want to judge if that's what we do. I'm sorry, listeners, if you're like, yeah, that's what you do, dummy. Okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> when your kid pisses on your food, you got to go to the store. You'll wait. No problem. Oh man, I'm just uh, making wild assumptions here because <laughs> I never grew up in a small town. Oh, me neither. Oh, oh. But, so yeah, I mean, and yeah, but he just falls asleep. You're that comfortable? Hmm. I know you just moved there. And, and P.S. He wanted to be a farmer. What the hell farming is going on in this movie? <laughs> There's no farming throughout the whole throughout the whole film. I didn't see anybody doing any farms. And though. even if you were, you're not going to do it in three months. And who does, how do you, how do you, how does one go about finding a family to trade out lives for three months with because you always had a wild passion to do something? I just don't think that exists. I know there's foreign exchange children, but I don't think there's foreign exchange families. No, so, I don't think so. And I'm not doing that. I, uh, classifieds ad that maybe they answer. <laughs> Single white female search <laughs> in search of family to uproot, want mm. to live dream of farming. Interested? That was <laughs> Craigslist before there was Craigslist. Right. I don't. 
I don't know you, and I don't want you living in my house. And P.S. Your kid pisses all over the place. <laughs> no, you can't don't come let here. Your kids pee on the furniture. Please, please refrain from that. That's that's a it's frowned upon. So, so Joshua knows into the uh, the church sermon about evil meat was great. I I love that. That guy, that preacher, he just was really intense and sweaty and they would like do great <laughs> angles of his giant melon head. And I was like, he had that 80s fro and everything. I was like, this guy's great. Um, he was the most convincing out of everybody. He actually reminded me of like a, a werewolf or something. Yeah. I give I mean, he was really intense. And I liked that. I was like, wow, this guy's really acting it up. I mean, I can get into this. Um I assumed that all small town churches were like this after watching this movie when I was a kid. Uh, and I was afraid of them. Uh, they, they almost forced Joshua to eat the poison ice cream, but Michael shows up just in time to save them. What are you doing to my kid? Yeah. I mm, Now it, it might just be me and I understand storyline plot, but, uh, I want to, I want another elephant. There's several in the room. I don't, I can't even fit in the room. Um, there are only four of the family members. There's the dad, the mom, the daughter, and the son. And they plan on eating them anyway. So why would they not just eat both of them now? I, I mean, there were a lot of goblin people, and Michael was sleepy anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like they had some sort of grand plan, you know, with Torak, like, oh, I've got to do this before I can do anything else. It's um, just you're you're looking for fresh meat, I guess, or well, we turn people into plants, so they're looking for fresh plants. Um, right, yeah. which just eat them as soon as they arrive. Eat you're them. You're not like batting them up or anything. They're not even right. Right. There's, there's no reason to wait. There's no reason to to hold off. We're just yeah, just you know, and and they're giving them food. Like if they had eaten the piss food, they would have turned into goo right then. So why are we? Well, whatever. Into pissy goo. <laughs> In the, in the like, ew. <laughs> this, this goo is unusually pissy. <laughs> Why do these humans taste like piss? I don't want them. I'm done. I'm off humans for a while. <laughs> so, um, I appreciate the guys in the RV being there to add to the kill count, like I said. Um, of course, the RV has no food or drink either, because why would it? So, you know, Drew goes to town, gets given a green hamburger, and then sold Nelbog milk. At the sight of both of these things, I'm a no-go, but to each zone. I mean, <laughs> no. They were green. It was mm -hmm. like, yuck. And they're like, no, here. Here. Mm, no. It's good for you. It's, uh pure right right no um i did like that drew found arnold who is full on tree now planted and all like she, 
<laughs> oh man, the daring rescue. That was so great. <laughs> and drags him out <laughs> in the pot. <laughs> She's coming back soon, so we've got to move fast. And he's dragging him so slow. <laughs> Bro, I appreciate that. And, you know, good on you for trying to save your friend. But I'm going to tell you what. If I walk into the room and I see you turning into a tree, I'm probably going to, I'll be back with help and I'm going to book it. I'm not, I'm not trying to drag you. Not trying to do it. And I'm definitely not pulling a, a like tree bark off your face. That is my next comment, which is I do not like the ripping of the bark off the face. It always bothered me. Like literally like the blood that kind of came out and stuff like that. I was like, oh my God, that's, oh, no, I hate that. I hate that part. Um, the green blood. Yeah. Or if it's blood at all, I don't even know anymore. It's like goo. Um, another part that really bothers me. Drew was assumably killed by Credence. Um, I guess. But then she uses a chainsaw on Arnold to cut something off of him, which ends up being corn on the cob. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I saw the area she was cutting, and I'm not comfortable with it. Because she said, oh, this is going to tickle. And then she starts, and then he's kind of like, hee, 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 Yeah, he's laughing. I, I thought she was cutting, like, a leg. Oh, man. No. I, no. Okay. That that was really that was really on the nose then. Because I just kind of thought she was cutting, like, his leg or a finger or something. But I didn't make the connection that the corn on the cob came from. Yeah. Tree guy. It's the cob. I really hate that. It, I've, I hated it when I was a kid, and I hate it now. <laughs> I absolutely hate it for so, many, many reasons. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess after that, she continues to chop him up into bits. I'm, I'm guessing that's what happens to him, because they really don't say. Um, and then she turns into a super hottie. Yeah, not yet. Oh, not, not yet. Because yet. Oh. Uh, uh, once again, Joshua is saved by Seth, aka Dead Grandpa in the Mirror, uh, when he chops off Credence's hand while attacking him. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. So okay. I guess ghosts and mirrors just have axes on standard. I guess that's just something they have <laughs> because cause that, that happens. So um, we then get the really odd scene where Credence turns into a young, beautiful woman who appears on the TV with music playing, which is right outside the RV. And when the character Brent goes outside, the music is still playing, <laughs> which always makes me laugh because it's on the TV. And then he goes out there and the music's still playing. I'm like, hold up. I was no, no, if you look first off, if I'm watching someone on TV and it's right outside where I'm at, okay. And I go out there and the music that I heard on TV is playing like audibly. Mm, I'm leaving. Nope. So the only other option is to just start peeing on her. So <laughs> that's, 
Oh, no, wait. You don't have to be on it. Just eat a bologna sandwich in oh. front of her. Oh, not that. We're not there yet. I'm foreshadowing. <laughs> so, then you look like you're going to get some kind of weird B-movie sex scene, which piqued my interest as a kid, of course. But no, that's not what happens. Uh, they start to eat the corn on the cob. Yuck. <laughs> which, like popcorn. <laughs> which gets so hot from their passion, I guess, it starts to pop into popcorn and kills Brent. As per usual in these situations. So I I was really always like, all right, I I guess we'll just go with this at this point. After all of this ridiculousness that's been going on, why couldn't we just take all these turns? Um and you I would wonder. think you would think that's where you're done. You would think that's say, look, this movie can't get any more ridiculous. And you would be wrong, sir. You would be wrong. Um, it does get intense with the family. Seth and Joshua get a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> which which is standard on a farm. Uh, you you have those on. I don't know if you've ever been on a farm, but you keep Molotov cocktails everywhere. They do this to try and kill the goblins, but only succeed in killing the lead goblin, pissing off all the other ones. Like, they're like, oh, now it's on. Um, I did like that he, like, turned into, like, little burnt-up goblin body. <laughs> yeah. Wait, didn't, um... Oh no, never mind. I, for a moment there, I thought that the grandfather, since the since the Molotov cocktail thing was botched, that the grandfather called upon some ethereal energy and you know struck down lightning from. The oh, that's of- not yet. That's coming. Oh, yeah, that's I, coming. I um, that's uh. Wait a minute. That does happen. But, uh, but it, it I, didn't happen with the werewolf guy, though, right? No, 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 no. Um, it happens with the seance thing, I believe. Um, yeah, because, yeah. Wait, did it happen with the... I don't know. Either way, Ghost Seth can call lightning, apparently. Mm, yeah, he, um, he, he, he's magical. Magical grandpa. Right. In the, in the mirror, with weapons... He's got weaponry wherever he's at. Um, the whole seance thing just continues the ridiculous of this movie. Like it. Luckily, the theme is ridiculousness, and it's it's strong. It's it's yes, yes, I, I can see it. Um, with Seth saying he can only hold his form for exactly ten minutes because time is a factor in the afterlife. <laughs> um. Exactly 10 minutes. And then giving Joshua a secret weapon, which turns out to be a double-decker bologna sandwich. <laughs> so. And the power of goodness. Don't forget that. Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And the power of goodness. Um, of course, as is usual, Joshua is transported to the church where Joshua eats the bologna sandwich and uses his poisonous meat body <laughs> Touching the Stonehenge stone, destroying it, Credence, and all of the goblins. But 
on that scene when he's threatening them, like, so if you know, if you ever get trapped by goblins, just have a bologna sandwich handy and you'll make them very squeamish. The reveal of it was say, think of the cholesterol. Yes, yes. The reveal of it was so ridiculous. And her sitting there, oh, oh my god. It was like it reminded me of the witch in the Wizard of Oz. I'm melting. Oh, it was horrible. They, they filmed this. They paid people to do this, and they thought these were the best shots of the movie. This was what this was the best. Somebody got paid to edit this and said, "Yeah, this is this is it. We're doing this. This is the one. This this is gonna. This is the money maker. This is how we make our mark." <laughs> yeah. So, um, they do keep true. With an off-kilter ending in the movie, uh, Joshua walks into the kitchen to find his mother turned into the green goo and being eaten by the goblins, one of which offers him a bite. And, of course, he screams in terror, and that's how we go out. Um, so it kind of ends the same way as Invaders from Mars did, in a very similar fashion. Right. Dark right. End. Now... And this is where we're going to... Now you've, you've really thrown this off. This ending always bothered me until I realized that the food was probably brought there by the presence, the other family, that house swapped with them, and that the goblins that were there were most likely the presence, that family. So after all these years, that finally made sense to me if it somehow can in some back-ass way. But now you bring up the point that they were back in Nelbog. So yeah. did they go to the house, drop off the shitty food, and then come back? But wouldn't that, like, okay, because he touched the stone and used the power of goodness, and that kind of killed everybody off, right? So where did these goblins come from? I, Are, were they goblins because he had the softball with the message on it? And, um, I don't know. I'm confused now. I... I don't know. Is it only like local goblins that got affected that were in the room? Because I thought that the Stonehenge powered all trolls. I mean, uh, goblins. So <laughs> you said trolls. The I, <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I I don't know. This movie is a giant conundrum. It, it is unto itself. It assumes itself in a way that no other movie ever can. And yeah, um, it, it is what it is. Uh, and thus ends the travesty that is Troll 2. Um, which has no trolls, by the which way. Which has no trolls and is just a mess of a movie and very early 90s and really set the stage for some really crappy movies to be made, in my opinion. Um, I still watched them all. Still watched them because, you know, you do. You gotta, you gotta watch them. Because you hope in, in the midst of all of it, you'll find a gem. You'll, you, you'll find a, a, a troll too. That that exists because because you just can't. You know what? This movie has to be based on true events because nobody could have made anything like this. <laughs> I, 
somewhere Nelbog exists. And, you know, I don't want to visit, but it's it's there. Um, this movie was so bad, it's good and also bad. It is. It is. It's one I don't mind when I, um, a while ago, eight years ago, whatever, when I worked in Virginia Beach and worked in a uh, off-site office, we had uh, a TV that we would project stuff up onto um, for tracking customers, but we could also, like during downtime and stuff like that, we would um, stream movies up there. And we sh- would stream Sharknado, and uh, it was people, commentary man. the entire time by me and other people that was hilarious when you're sitting there watching it with people. When you just watch that movie on its own, no. But if you've ever watched that movie, I don't know if you have, there are so many things that just don't make sense that, I mean, well, the whole thing doesn't make sense, but... It's just like it's beauty. Like somebody made this and just shot it for the scene. The scene only exists in that scene because the next scene does not make any sense. There's literally a scene where the house is flooded. They're on a mountain or a hill, whatever you want to say. And the house floods to the point to where they're in over waist high water because one of the sharks, of course, comes in and eats somebody. The next scene, they run outside. There's no water. The car is fine. Everything's good outside. There's no flood. There's no sharks. There's no nothing. What the hell happened? But NATO came and sucked all the air into the atmosphere. I think. I don't know. I I wish I had somebody to watch it with because then I could do commentary on it. Yes, you did. But sadly, I watched it all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I was like. I don't know what to think about this movie. I, oh, it's the same thing with every sci-fi made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that that to me, this spawned the ability for those kind of movies to be made. Th- this somebody said, you know what? It can't be any worse than Troll Two. <laughs> so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Make it. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Go make your movie. I got you, kid. Um, spawned a whole bunch. It became a worldwide phenomenon. And uh, what were there? Like five Sharknado films, I think? Dude, I think there's like six. I don't know. I I don't know. I know that I, I've watched part one, and I think I watched part two. But that's that's that was it for me. And again, like you said, trying to watch it again without the ability to sit there and like have six of my really good friends to laugh and make stupid comments and be like, what? And so it, it's not, you have to have a viewing party to watch those movies. So watching it alone is just sad. (laughs) I can't do that. Um, yourself, you want to laugh with others. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I know I was a bit rough on this one. But I have to say, I love this movie. I it it is one of my favorites. I truly did have fear of this movie as a kid. Um, so yeah, I love it, but it is bad. It it it, it is what it is. It is its own entity of a movie. Um, yeah. So I 
I, I had a fear of being like turned into goo. I had a fear of being turned into a tree and somebody cutting off my corn on the cob. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. So. Whew. That's that. I feel so ambivalent about this movie. <laughs> Even now. Where it's, it's like. I don't even know what to think. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words here. Um, it's bad. I mean, it's really bad. Uh, but it's also, it it made me laugh, especially the piss thing and, and the <laughs> tightening the belt. You know, those were two of my favorite parts. Oh. It actually brought something to mind, like when I was younger and my parents would be talking about spending money and that, like, we've got to tighten our belts. And so I was like, hey, that's what that means. That? You tighten your belt up a notch and you don't feel the hunger. Pain. Is, is that what that means? You're like you call your dad, you're like, Hey man, I get it. I get it. I did. <laughs> I did. I get, thank you. Thank you. Troll too. You have brought my childhood full circle for me. I, <laughs> See, see, Troll 2 helps you. It's it's good. There are diamonds to be found. It's not complete poop. And like when uh, I thought I was a bad kid, I was like, well, at least I'm not pissing on the food. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I might be getting an, a D in math, but I'm not this bad. You know? <laughs> You're not a rebel until you piss on the food. <laughs> Your parents are talking to one of their sisters. So, oh, what are the kids up to lately? Well, James is pissing on the food again. <laughs> <laughs> he just got up right in front of everybody, pissed right. on our Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> you can't eat after that. That ruins Christmas. <laughs> Tighten the belts. The belts are tight. <laughs> Or that would really be messed up if, like, after you did that, your father, like, you thought he was going to tighten his belt, but he dropped his pants and he pissed right on you. Right. Or he takes, that would have gone differently in my house. The belt would have come off and I would have been struck. That's, that's, that's how that goes. That's called James 2 instead of Troll 2. And it's where he gets the shit kicked out of him because he pissed on all the food, which is an ex. <laughs> acceptable response by a parent. What the hell are you doing? You know, yeah. your sister's here, buddy. Can you not? Can you not? Well, the ding away in <laughs> your, front of your sister. Your, your mom, you know, we had a nice thing, and now you ruined it. You ruined it. This was my dream of being a farmer, and it had nothing to do with that. Thanks. And I mean, I'm sure they're okay with you pissing on Aunt Doreen's fruitcake and all that. But I mean, the rest of the food was perfectly fine. Right. Oh, man. Oh, you want me to glaze the turkey? No. No. <laughs> oh, man, I just got a whole visual of that. No. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Whew. All right, some, some trivia, sir? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'm going to go with the first one again here because this seems pertinent and I believe that everybody should know this. When I said that the acting was bad, it was bad. Mm. The entire cast went to a casting call hoping to be extras and they ended up in lead roles. Right. Well, there you have it. Which, Straight from the horse's mouth. 
then that's that's fair. That's <laughs> that's a that is a uh, an, a good explanation of why the the movie is as bad as it is. Because yeah, people were like, "Yeah, man, I'm just gonna go be in this movie," and then you come home, you're like, "Yeah, I've got like a lead part." <laughs> Really? They must have really thought you were good. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. Um, the movie once had a 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> However, it has had as high as a 6% rating since, uh, since 2014. Yeah, it's moving up. So it's making a comeback. We, you know, it's, it's being appreciated for what it is. So. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So bad it's good. So good it's bad. Truth. What else you got? Um is it your turn or is it mine? No, that was it. That was I said the zero percent rating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh this one goes on. I think you said uh the director and his wife, they only spoke Italian, wrote the screenplay in very poor English. And on the set, the actors suggested that they ad-lib their lines to make the dialogue sound better. But the director forbade it, and all the lines had to be read as they were written. So, another reason why the dialogue is... <laughs> I am happy to being here. <laughs> I, I, too, am happy to being here. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, the cholesterol. <laughs> ah, it's, just, it's so bad. Whatever. That's probably why they, you know, the kid was like, and in, maybe inside of his head, they were—he was supposed to have an inner dialogue. They ate her, and now they're going to eat me. You know that—that that was probably a thought, but the guy was like, "Say it, just right. say it." Say the damn line. Um, the line or I smack your face. Right. We will be tightening belts. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know. I, at least this movie. You know what? You know what? The ending. He had his weapon. He kept on to his weapon. And it ended. It actually did have where he took out the bad guys for the most part. So, you know, given over troll, it's it's over troll. It it does at least have that. So, you know, yeah, there, there uh, was no fairy princess that oh. the goblins had to take out because <laughs> their plan was ruined. A win for troll too. <laughs> uh, director Claudio Fergasso, I guess, um, is still angry all these years later about the film's poor reception. <laughs> Um, he crashed a cast reunion Q&A, and after he was escorted out of the room, he heckled the cast from the hallway, calling them liars and dogs, as they answered fan questions. You are all liars and you're, dogs. You're dogs. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know. It's good enough. It's... <laughs> You are liars and dogs. You are lie so much. Why you make a fun of my film? Oh God! It is the fruit of my loins. I created this. That's. It's great that he like he should like I can just see him like planning the whole thing like just fuming, waiting for him to start talking so he can go in there and just be like, 
It's me, Claudio. <laughs> just, just get him. Claudio. And then he had to be escorted. This guy just getting dragged down with his hair and everything like that. Liars and dogs. That would be so, like, I would have loved to have been there for that. Like, you are not going to believe what happened, bro. The director showed up and completely lost his shit. That's <laughs> Just picturing a really old Italian man, like, <laughs> screaming in Italian, yelling at them. Vaffanculo, eh? Right. Before, like, when they're answering before he even got it, like, he's just yelling, like, profanities in Italian from the back of the room. And people are like, what the, what is that? Your mother is a whore. <laughs> Oh shoot. That's too much, man. God, 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 God. All right. You've got more? Oh yeah. This is too good. It's too good to be true. Truth. For George Hardy's audition, all he did was act out his now famous line, you can't piss on hospitality <laughs> in front of nine smoking Italians. None of them understood English. George was told that he got the role partly because the Italians loved the energy he put into it. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying, but uh, he's uh, got the good energy. You know? I love his passion. <laughs> he's uh, talking about the pee, I think. Yes. So, uh, he pees? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Michael Stevenson didn't see the film until Christmas 1991 when he received the VHS tape of the movie as a gift. That's that's quite a long time to wait to Who's see. Michael Stevenson again? <laughs> Who the hell is Michael Stevenson? Um, if I am correct, Michael Stevenson is Joshua. Oh, the table pisser. Okay. He's the table pisser. <laughs> Imagine showing that to your kids. Hey, I was in a movie. I said, Pete on the table. What What are you doing here, Dad? Well, you know. They're Italian. <laughs> they're Italian. Oh, shit. Man. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really anything more. I mean, I'm looking at the stuff, but it's like... It's all pretty much what we covered. Yeah. He did make a, um, the, oh my God, uh, scene. I know that that became a pretty big meme for a while. Um, oh my God, cause of the fly and all that kind of stuff. I know that that was, you showed me, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I did like that the film's trailer consists primarily of alternative takes that weren't even in the film. Uh, that's always a way to sell your movie. Oh, yeah. I think they did that with a couple other movies maybe about 15 or 20 years ago. Went to see it, and none of the things that I saw on the trailer were actually in the movie. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I think Michael... Stevenson is also the one that made the the movie about like the the worst movie ever made or the best movie like it's a movie about the making of Troll Two. Uh did you see that at all? No, I had no idea that existed. Yeah, he 
he made a movie. It's called The Best Worst Movie. And it came out in 2009. And it's it's literally about Troll 2. A look at the making of the film Troll 2 and his journey from being crowned the worst film of all time to a cherished cult classic. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> on the on the IMDB page, the one of the videos is the clip of the, the dad standing there yelling at him <laughs> when he's gonna tell about him tightening his belt. Oh damn it. I didn't my belt a couple notches. <laughs> oh god. It's so it's so I'm bad. suggesting your mother and your sister do the same, even though neither of them have belts. <laughs> now, we'll go to town and give food tomorrow, and you'll come with me, as per usual. <laughs> no pissing on the shelves. <laughs> right. Don't. Yeah, I can't take you in the store now. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what else you got today, Mister Blades? I have got nothing. I'm completely tapped out. That was Troll and Troll Two. Yes, yes, gems in their own right, horrible things in their own right as well. But 80s and 90s, nonetheless, they they definitely exemplify a lot of what was going on at that time in movies. So yeah, that was the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, vegetarianism was actually starting to be explored a lot more than like you were hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, eventually we'll get the chopping mall and we'll go down other avenues. <laughs> Oh, that's one hell of a rabbit hole, my friend. <laughs> you want to open up that Pandora's box, sir? Yes, yes, I do. Oh man! Pandora doesn't right. even want to open that box. No, no, it's so bad. It's got nothing to do. Anyway, all right. I'm guessing that's what's coming next for the for the fine folks who are listening to this show. We definitely should probably hit on chopping mall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. God. So bad. So good. So bad. Um. So that's gonna do it for our first double feature showing at the Midnight Night Mass Creature Cast. Um, I do want to say thank you for listening tonight and joining us while we talk about these movies and all the shenanigans that go along with it. Uh, we do know you have other things to do with your time, and the fact that you spend it with us is just awesome. Uh, Mr. Blades, you have some information for our listeners? Of course. As always, if you uh, have any movies that you want us to check out from the 80s or 90s, send it to mmccpod at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure that's the right email this time. <laughs> <laughs> or go to our Facebook page, and I mean, you can interact with us there. Definitely. Um, make suggestions. Um, and we want to also say thank you for uh, keeping the faith and tuning in because we did have a little bit of weird time around the holidays, but 
we're back and here with this bringing you this double feature definitely definitely Whew. and it was a good one it's a good one to start with for double feature wise oh so, hell yeah so all right with that said on behalf of mr bobby blades and myself crib keeper james i bid you ghouls good night farewell adieu and we'll see you next time Bye.